Hello, I'm John Eldridge, and welcome to the Ransomed Heart audio podcast. For more information on Ransomed Heart Ministries, our resources, and events, please visit us online at www.ransomedheart.com. I think it was Howard Macy who said, The spiritual life is always frontier. It cannot be made suburban. It is always frontier. And he went on to say, And we who live in it must not only accept, but rejoice in that fact. Life is always change. Life is always presenting us with new challenges and you know, new lessons to learn, new places in us that need healing and restoration, holiness, you know, new frontiers. It's just constantly changing. Um, welcome, friends. John Eldridge here with Craig McConnell and Brad Beck, who's on the Ransomed Heart team here and uh, kind of the um, CEO of uh, Ransomed Heart. Uh, want to talk uh, this week and next about some changes going on in our lives and um, good things, but hard things, and and thought that uh, as we reflect on this, it'll help you maybe reflect and process some of the frontiers that you are stepping into, and that God seems to, if not always, may I use frequently, <laughs> be asking us to step into. So what do you want to start with first, Craig? Well, um, John, both you and Brad, this last few months have experienced some pretty big changes in your life and your family. I'd just love to hear each of you frame uh, that change. What has happened this last couple of months, weeks? Well, we've both um, put on weddings we have. And, uh, and we've both stepped into um, – and I, I want to say right now I hate the phrase, so I'm going to rephrase it. But um, the popular phrase is the empty nest. Yes. Um, I want to say something more like it's the empty house. It's the empty household. We both stepped into that, sending our last uh, off to college. So both things have happened for both of us in the – in the last um, eight months, right? Right. Yeah, it's been six months, seven months for for myself and, yeah. and Lisa as well. So, on a scale of one to ten, uh, in terms of significant life moments, oh, it's a nine to me. Right. <laughs> what about you and Stacy? Right. Exactly. And you know, they're different. And I, I think we'll talk yeah. about maybe one this week and yeah. one next week. That you know, one is obviously. Um, filled with joy and also drama and um, work. <laughs> my goodness, if you've ever been close to the putting on and the pulling off of a wedding, oh my goodness, the the socio drama around that and the joy and you know maybe next week we'll talk about um, the other seems to be mostly about loss mm-hmm. and how we how we handle yeah. loss. Yeah. So we'll put that one off till yeah. next week. Yeah. So. What was it like? Brad, you married your daughter off. John, you married your eldest and firstborn. Yeah, both of our oldest. Yeah. Right? When I think back to what was going on 13 months ago when Brian got engaged to Drew, 
I mean, I knew it obviously involved a wedding, but I didn't know all the implications or ramifications or how much work it would be. And so this nice engagement that we saw coming and applauded and prayed for and advised and counseled in their relationship, um, one fateful December 2011 day, they got engaged and then set into motion a series of events that were at times like the bobsled at Lake Placid and at other times seemed to grind to a halt where nothing like would the, happen. Like the, cra- like the crash dummy test. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you're thrown into a world I'm sure you were unfamiliar with too. Invitations, family, gifts, registry, websites now, of course. Budget. Be- yeah. What, you need an engagement website. You need a wedding website. <laughs> Photographers, catering. Only venue. Only the invasion of Normandy required a greater amount of detail <laughs> and administration, coordination, and the forming of major alliances. Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, and, and so I was pretty unprepared for it. Um, we did well. Wedding was about six months later. And uh, Brian and Drew were out in California, kind of living their separate lives out there in, in their careers. They wanted to have the wedding in Colorado. And so we were kind of the troops on the ground to kind of pull that off and try to get the details and everything else together. And it was good and it was holy and it was interesting and it was a lot of work. And your emotions are being tugged through this whole situation because you realize this is a big shift as it should be. And you're trying to figure those shifts out emotionally and spiritually as you're trying to get this, like, really great wedding Mm -hmm. for the kids because you want that for them. You want it Mm -hmm. to be exactly Mm -hmm. what they want. But you're advising and pushing and suggesting and and you're talking to your spouse about it and trying to figure out what's important, what do we lay down, what's really, like, not, you know, what's – Absolutely, we've got to have this. And who do we invite and right. who do we right. don't invite? Brad. Yeah. Oh, Brad. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. So did, did I, did I – Here's my it question. It was a flashback. Your eyes were rolling It back. was a flashback. Here's, here's my question. Um, hardest thing and then best thing. What was the hardest thing about the whole experience? I think the hardest thing for us was the distance and it was – that's like a logistical thing. We we were able to get Brianne back a couple of times to help because we were having the wedding in Colorado and, and they lived in, in California. And so it was a lot of phone calls. It was a lot of emails. It was a lot of Skyping. And, and you know, you'd Skype and you'd show the wedding invitation and, <laughs> and you'd talk about it. Um, that was the hardest thing for us in particular. Best thing um, – Loved who Brianne married. We applauded her choice, her her life, her 
her walk with God through this time and Drew's as well. And seeing it come together when at times we thought it would not come together or something would happen, um, being really discouraged at a few points in this process, and then seeing it come together into really pretty epic and magical day for not only Brianna and Drew, but I remember everything. I know Lisa remembers everything about that day. Mm -hmm. And it was a hard day in many respects, but it was was glorious too. I want to bring our listeners into a little bit of the beauty of the larger story of this. Um, So most of you who have been in the circle of Ransomed Heart for a little while will know that Brent Curtis and I wrote Sacred Romance together. That was the first book, and Brent and I led the first sort of Wild at Heart weekend, although that wasn't a book or even really a message yet. Um, We led the first men's retreat, and it was at that weekend that Brent was killed in a climbing accident. He has two sons, um, Drew and Ben, and um, this is the Drew that Brad is referring to. Brianne and Drew uh, went to school together, and they were in uh, high school. They were in drama together, and then they kind of went off their separate ways, went to separate, you know, different states, different colleges. And and um, there was something absolutely redemptive and beautiful about the wedding mm-hmm. day, the wedding moment, even down to this detail that Craig um, – I was obviously kind of the guy that was in line to do Brent's memorial service, and I couldn't do it. You know, I was, I was too um, shell shocked with grief and all of that. And so Craig stepped in and did Brent's service, and then Craig was the one to marry Drew and Bree. And so there was just all mm-hmm. this redemption around the day. I mean, yes. it just was so larger story. It was like, yes, this is about a wedding, but this is about so much more, and and. Um, you know, one of the most beautiful moments was the the uh, mother-son dance where Ginny, um, Brent's widow, and, and Drew were dancing together on the floor and just seeing the redemption of all of that and Bree's yes. joy and, and the Beck's joy and the Curtis's joy. And I mean, it was just – and it was a purely joyful day. It wasn't tinged with bittersweetness. It was larger story. Right. And that's why I love weddings. Yes. That's why I love weddings. I really do. They're so larger story. Or they can be. They're meant to be. Yeah. You know, it's this mythic picture, obviously, of Christ and his church. John, you're just fresh off a wedding. I mean, weeks, days yeah. off a wedding. Right. Three weeks ago, <laughs> our, yeah. our oldest, Samuel. We have three sons, and uh, Samuel just got married. And, um, and it was epic. It really was epic. And um, one of the things that amazed me in this process that um, was that I cared more about his wedding than I cared about my own. Mm-hmm. And I cared a lot about my wedding. I mean, you know, uh-huh. it's almost 30 years now for Stace and I. And it was a beautiful day and we were young and in love. And, and part of a sweet little tidbit of the story is she was 24, I was 23, Samuel married um, Susie Douglas. Susie's 24. Sam's 23. I mean, there's just some sweet things in that. Um, But I cared more about and therefore contended more. I mean, I'm just thinking of the prayer 
and the intervention and the binding of warfare and the shutting down of the thief of joy. I mean, friends, friends, certainly you know by now that joy is opposed and and joy like this especially and the booby traps and the landmines surrounding a wedding and feelings and desires and emotions and family and friends and the invitation list and who sits where and who does what part and oh my goodness, is it is it a minefield? And so to battle for the joy, I, I think that's kind of one of my big takeaways on this is joy joy is worth fighting for and joy must must be fought for. Best moment, John? Hardest moment? Mm. Well, um, I think the best moment, I was honored by Sam and Susie to do their wedding, to conduct the service. Um, And so, my goodness, what an honor and what an opportunity also. We, We so wanted it to be a kingdom wedding, you know, not just a not just a, a wedding, but a kingdom wedding. And it was. And um, best moment was Samuel stepping into his kingship. And the wedding for him and for them really is the launch of their adult life together. And the accepting of – there was just this beautiful moment. Sam and Susie decided to serve communion to everyone who wanted to come. And so, you know, I – served them and and uh, and then they turned and went forward and stood and we invited the the assembly to come and first off the number of people that lined up the line stretched to eternity mm-hmm. it was just one of those holy transcendent yeah. moments but i love blaine's blaine is um middle son he was sam's best man um luke standing by him as well and and Blaine said, when Sam turned to offer communion, it looked like he had been crowned king of Minas Tirith. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he just – there was this accepting of a mantle. There was this embracing and, and um, I just love the whole kingdom nature of it. To throw a larger story wedding is a really cool thing to do. Yeah. I mean we had bagpipes and – and uh, the angels were there protecting it and the prayers of the mm. saints and just even in the great cloud of witnesses, you know, to have so many people there, seasoned warriors in the kingdom, queens in the kingdom who have paid such price and just the, the dignity and the nobility of the whole thing was just so wonderful. And the celebration, the dancing. Yes. I've never seen it at a reception. I mean, just – and this is the kingdom. You see, when you can bring the kingdom over something like this, when you can pray and secure it and you usher in the truth and the life and the nobility of the kingdom, you know, the wedding was just holy and powerful. And then the reception. I've never seen this happen at a wedding. From the moment that the dance floor was opened, I'm going to guess that 170 of the 180 people there rushed the dance floor and they literally did not leave it for two hours. Mm-hmm. I mean, just the joy mm-hmm. that the kingdom can bring, you know, and the transcendence and the happiness of it all. 
few of us left the Florida <laughs> catch a little air. Yes. But you're right. Yeah. Not for long yes. from what I hear. Well, and, and OK, you know, here's just, um, friends, just another poignant, beautiful moment. So, you know, Craig's journey from our podcast of, of uh, diagnosed with leukemia, coming through that um, clean bill of health now and but all the recovery that's there and to have you on the damn floor. <laughs> Tearing it up like I haven't seen you tear it up for years. Yeah. I mean, just that. Like, just <laughs> there was redemption everywhere. Yes. There was redemption everywhere in it. I love the kingdom. Amen. So, John, in all of that, your hardest moment was what? I think I experienced something, and this has happened over the years as a parent, um, something that really lets you more and more into the life of God. As your children grow, of course, their choices, um, they make more and more of their own choices, and they need to, and that's what you're trying to usher them into. You know, you give them wings and all of that. Um, Their choices become more and more weighty, um, and therefore the consequences of their choices become more and more weighty. And, you know, as a parent, you want so desperately to intervene and, dare I say, control. (laughs) I just was embarrassed at the level of control that was exposed in me as as, um, as they're growing up and and getting married and stepping out into their future and and making weighty decisions. And um, so the hardest moment is letting them. The hardest moment is letting them, you know, just knowing that it's like the life of God. I mean, the degree to which he allows our choices to matter And you know, you know, friends, that every meaningful lesson you have learned in your life, you have learned through pain, experience, hardship, trial, suffering, every meaningful lesson. And so to know that, to see that, you know, and um, that's the hardest part of it all. There's just such joy and goodness, but there's also a very poignant experience in that too, letting them step out into their into their adult life and, and chart a course and, and not, uh, you know, offer loving wisdom, but not control that. Yeah. You have a few more weddings in you. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I do. I do. And, and, you know, we were absolutely, utterly exhausted after the whole thing and, and, and really contending for the kingdom, contending for the joy in it. And, um, but, yeah, can't wait for... For Blaine and for Luke's, I mean, it was it was epic. It was it was epic. It was so great. You'll know a little more when you reach that. Yeah. So yeah, you do. All be a little wiser. Oh my goodness, are we? uh, Yes. Are we wiser now? So let me come back to that Howard Macy quote. I think the thing that we wanted to share was you know just a little bit of what's going on in our lives, but. Um, but also just this idea that we are constantly faced with new things, you know, like, I, I mean, being a parent of young kids, I know if you are in that situation, you're not going to believe what I'm about to say, but it's easy. It's easy peasy. It is Legos, Veggie Tales, wrestling, stories at bedtime, easy peasy, you know, and I realized in those years I felt overwhelmed and exhausted and that kind of thing, but, but then it changes and then all of a sudden you've got teenagers, and parenting teenagers is very different than parenting, you know, oh, yes. young kids and grade school kids. And, and then you have young adults, you yes. know. And, and so 
Um, this is true for all of us, whether it's your health, whether it's you know your relational situations, you know your career. The spiritual life is always frontier. It's always frontier, and that's a good thing, actually, because of the dependence upon God that it brings in us. We just mm-hmm. it, you just you are forced to turn to God in ways that you know when you feel like you got life going, you just don't. So that's a good thing. Ah, oh, good times, good words. Thank you for listening to the Ransom Heart Podcast. We really enjoy sharing our hearts, our lives with you. And if you want more information about us, about resources, about events, about all things Ransomed Heart and this wonderful Christianity, go to ransomedheart.com. We'll uh, check in with you next week.